0: But now I can figure out how to play it without pain, so. No pain. I like my Nintendo with a little bit of pain on the side. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes.
1: It's Superhero Slate, oh. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero
0: entertainment news We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out
1: My name is Chris Dillard And my name is Mike Royer And this week we've got a full look at the Invincible series from Amazon Ooh, it was a bloody look too, it's like the blood kite Yeah, and if you're not familiar with the show, this might help you understand it a little bit more Uh, The other ones have come in a little vague Uh, Danny Elfman is back working with Sam Raimi again, Mike This is good news
0: Yes, I finally know what Danny Elfman looks like because of those uh those like one-off like Disney Plus yeah. uh, documentaries. I think he's in like two of them at the very
1: least. Uh, I, he was so. in the uh the, the prop one um was at least the prop one for mm-hmm. November Before Christmas at least. So yeah, uh very interesting guy. Uh, Mortal Kombat gets an R-rated trailer. Oh, beautiful trailer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, almost, uh,
0: I almost forgot about it at first. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, but, a, that's a fatality if I've ever heard one. <laughs> but speaking of things uh, running blood red, uh, we just uh, – I, I you have no idea where this is going, do you, Chris? Uh, we, uh, we, no, absolutely <laughs> not. This is this is kind of
1: scary. <laughs> we,
0: uh, Me and my wife finished uh, tie-dyeing some stuff over the weekend. Oh, yes, I've, yes, yes. I've never tie-dyed literally anything before, and, of course, she has all the experience tie-dyeing. So I just, like, went on Amazon, bought a random kit – and it had everything we needed. Uh, so I think it's funny, though, because the main thing that spurred me to tie-dye... Is I had this one particular t-shirt that I really, really liked, but there was these two obvious like stains on the front of it that I've tried everything to get out of them, like these two dots. And I was like, they're not coming out. Like This shirt is basically ruined because I look like a slob if I ever wear it. So I was like, oh, I should just tie dye it and I'll just make sure the color runs over those two stains. And I'm reporting in, it worked perfectly. <laughs> so mm. if you ever have like a really awesome shirt, whether it has a graphic design print on it or whether it's plain, doesn't even matter if it's white. And uh, from our experience, it doesn't doesn't even have to be a hundred percent cotton i think i did like a 40 percent cotton shirt because we did like seven seven different items and i think only one of one of them was like majority not cotton and it it, it died just fine so this is a, a sneaky technique to save a shirt and actually kind of like revitalizes it and makes it look uh kind of cool and fresh so, so uh, our our favorite ones were the ones that had graphic prints on it like um uh, my wife had a Hey Arnold shirt with um with Arnold and Gerald on the front of it, and that she had a tie dye pad around. Turned out great. It looks awesome.
1: So, so when you call all those shirts you did, uh, they're not tie. Uh, look at all this tie death. Is that T- is that, that? Tie tie death? That's yeah. metal, Chris. Yeah, I know. It's like, so look at all this tie death we've done here. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's appropriate, but uh, it, it sounds like a lot of fun. I was telling you last week when we were talking about this, you know, kind of off the air that this was one of those um 4H uh. Quote unquote projects you could sign up for whenever mm-hmm. you had to do them because uh, I, I grew up raising cattle and pigs and, and other animals, so you can't just do those, you have to do like a, another project on top of that. And uh, I took tie dye one year and it did not go well, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, you just turn it in and you say, Look, I there was an attempt made, and I'm like, yep. <laughs> good for you buddy so an attempt was made that's that
0: yeah. that's the best you can hope for
1: yeah. but yeah not, it turned out pretty fun my, my hands still
0: have a little bit my fingers are still a little tinted but overall not too bad
1: yeah well i mean thankfully uh you don't have to go out to, uh in public, very often, right now, so mm-hmm. you know you can you can wash that off, and people won't look yeah. at you like, "What's what's wrong with that uh the bloodstained man over there? What's what's going on yeah. with him?"
0: Yeah, this will be a plug for uh my TikTok that I'll plug at the bottom of the show. Is I'm pretty sure there's a pretty popular like tie dye hashtag out there on social media, uh because people really like the reveals. I just posted a picture yesterday of all of our items, like banded up in rubber bands. And I got like two direct messages, like right away from people that were just like, show us the reveals. We got to see the reveals. So there's a contingent of people that like the, uh, satisfaction of seeing the before mm-hmm. and after. So we're going to do a little bit of that. So um, I'll probably put them up on my Instagram story, but I think they'll probably permanently stay up over on TikTok. So, yeah. uh, stay tuned for that later today. Hopefully,
1: I, I, I bet there's a Reddit for that. I, I, I'm unashamedly admitted, uh, Subscribe to a reddit subreddit called a power washer porn. um, Oh yeah. (laughs) Where you see people's like filthy messes before. And then, uh, they either show the video of them power washing them the after. I'm like, yeah, that's satisfying. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I think, I think we talked about last summer. Like I really got into that. So I bet there's a subreddit for tie Die as well. Tie death. (laughs) R slash. There you go so uh this week it looks like we all watched uh, we watched some of some movies this week mike uh, we were mm-hmm. we have been under snow and ice for the past week and a half so i wasn't going anywhere i wasn't doing anything uh the best i could try to stay warm before the power went off and uh mind you there are people worse off uh texas in the in the middle of the country but i mean um, at the same time i'm like you know what do you do at night when it's dark and cold and everything's covered in snow you put something on tv and uh, this first one is actually going to tie back to the very last topic of the episode, Mike, mm-hmm. uh, with Captain Marvel. Uh, I put Captain Marvel on Monday um, because of um, uh, actress uh, Teona Paris, who plays Monica Rambeau in the mm-hmm. uh, current One Division series, will be in that movie. And I was like, you know, maybe I could go see what the young version of this girl was like, uh, and see if it kind of plays off in the Wandavision a little bit, because I hadn't revisited Captain Marvel as much as say the the earlier Marvel movies recently. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I I, I enjoy that. One of my favorite things about that movie was the twist that the scrolls are not the villains, like the Kree mm-hmm. are the villains, and I really really enjoy that twist, uh, because I like they could have easily just been like, yep, just like the comic books, we did the same thing again. Uh, so I applaud them for. For kind of turning that on its head a little bit but then also the portrayal of um uh, the scroll uh what is his name talos by uh um i can't think of his name he was the villain director krennic in in uh, rogue one uh, but uh, the actor who plays talos really sold that that point and um i also tried to find if i could look like you know this movie was 20 2019 is that correct right before end game Uh, So I was trying to find the cracks In the CGI for Nick Fury uh, Mm -hmm. Samuel L. Jackson because he's all Like de-aged Throughout that movie right There's Mm. a couple times like I I think we talked about When we did the read, like you see an older man's body Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah he doesn't quite have The agility that he used
1: to But at the same time like they really Really had refined that technology By then where you're like I don't see Mm. any Lines on the face there's no weird warping Or distortion so um, Definitely definitely enjoyed that and on the flip side friday night i believe or was it last night i don't remember which one (laughs) um this week was the three-year anniversary for black panther as well um coming out in theaters so i turned on black panther which i've not watched as as frequently it's it's hard to watch i'm gonna be honest knowing that Chadwick boseman has passed like what do you do Uh like like, it's such a good movie and there's great actors uh in this great performances and you're, you're like okay he's he's here and then you're like He's having you know conversations with you know the characters having conversations with his passed away father in the movie like you know I'm not ready for you to go and you're like damn this hits home like it hits real hard uh, mm-hmm. with some of that I I do enjoy again um the, the use of, of a vibranium and one of my biggest disappointments with this movie Mike is they actually killed off Claw in this because uh um, I'm gonna I'm gonna struggle with names today the actor who played Claw uh, who's doing Venom two mm-hmm. uh what's his name Andy Serkis. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic role in both uh, this and Age of Ultron, right? So, um, really, really thoroughly uh, and sad to see him go. But that movie still holds up after after a while. So do that. Have you ever seen The Usual Suspects? Yeah, I've seen it once
0: actually. This is one of, this was a time in my life. I want to say maybe maybe around college, maybe right after college where you start to realize there's like this gap in movie knowledge that you really should start filling yourself in on. And I think the yeah. usual suspects fell in that kind of time period for me.
1: Yeah. So the usual suspect is one of those movies. Uh, it's Brian Singer's like one of his first movie before he went off the rails and has just been a horrible person. Uh, but he did this. And I think this got him the role for X-Men, right? Uh, Cause he went and did X-Men later, but it's got a, a hell of a lineup of actors and it's 1995. Film, I really, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but this movie, my wife had never seen it. She's like, I want to see a movie I've never seen, and I'm like, okay, we'll watch The Usual Suspects. We've not seen it in a minute, and so she's there. Uh, she's starting out. She's like, oh, that actor looks familiar. She's like, I'm gonna go look it up on on online. I'm like, I'm like, don't yeah. do that. I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, don't do that. She's like, why? I'm like, well, there's there's gonna be some twists and turns and some reveals here. I want you to you know be surprised and not see who's in the movie. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you've not seen Usual Suspects, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to spoil it for you. But there are some really really fun twists and turns in this movie, and reveals that make it something you just don't see coming at the end of it. So
0: yeah, the the director and I uh, I forgot totally forgot Kevin
1: Spacey. Yeah, both in there. So <laughs> two two
0: parts of the movie they are not aging quite well.
1: No, no, not at all. Uh, so, but it's still, still, I mean, well, it's almost 30 years ago now. It's pretty, pretty fun, fun little movie to make, uh, with that. And then lastly, I think you can, uh, attribute, uh, you can, 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 talk about this with me a little bit. I the got my hands. Diagram crossover of yeah, the, I got, I got my hands on Monster Hunter. Oh, the yes, t- you 2020 did. 2020 film. That we were video game movie that we were all craving, Mike. (laughs) No, I've never actually played a Monster Hunter game. I couldn't tell you anything about it. Um, I always think of Monster Rancher. Did you ever play that one?
0: Yeah, I I recall Monster Rancher. I'm more familiar with Monster Hunter now because they had a newer version of the game come out. I want to say, I don't know if it was 2016 or if it's maybe slightly um, newer, maybe 2018. I know that it's been out long enough to have expansions on it in some, in some right, but I know it's kind of uh, hit the zeitgeist again recently, so I do know what Monster Hunter is now thanks to that. Seen some trailers, a little bit of gameplay, some Let's Plays, but yeah, I've never played it myself, but uh, it, I, I think it's safe to say that uh, nothing that happened in this movie looks anything like Monster Hunter that I am slightly familiar with.
1: Yeah, I believe Monster Hunter World was the one you're thinking of, and then they had the expansion. What was that like Iceborne? Maybe. Yeah, something uh, like that. So I think it was 2018-ish. Uh, but yeah, it looks. I mean, people people love this game, right? This is a this is a franchise people have come to love. I I just kind of pulled it up here, and uh, looks like you know it started with PlayStation Two, and then you know got onto the new stuff. But this this game is made. Or this movie, I'm sorry, is actually made by the same people who did Resident Evil, Paul W.S. Anderson and his wife, Mila Jovovich, uh, for this. And let me tell you, um, Mike, how much of this did you watch (laughs) before before I get into this? I watched the whole thing.
0: So I watched, I want to say I watched about half of it. And then it got to the point where I realized uh, I'm tired of looking at the desert. So I'm just going to fast forward until I don't see desert anymore. So I fast forward a little bit more and then they seem to meet some sort of desert oasis where there's still lots of sand, but I see Mm -hmm. some plants. And then there's like a Jurassic Park Lost World moment where they're like gazing at some like innocent monsters that won't kill you. They eat grass. And I was like, all right, I'm bored again. I'm going to fast forward until maybe I see another monster that's attacking somebody or until I see another human. Then I see uh Ron Perlman's face pop up again, which was interesting because he's at the very beginning of the movie, but he looks he's uh, he has got a weird look to him where it doesn't look like him at first at the beginning of the film, which is yes. shocking. He's a very very captivating face. So once I see him again at the end, I hit play and then I'm like okay now I'm instantly bored again. Fast forward to a monster. Okay, I see a dragon, and then they're just doing some like bullshit with a dragon, and then like. I hit forward again, and then I, there was, like, some buffering issues. And then and I was like, oh, they're back on Earth, but there's still, like, ten minutes left yeah. in the movie. And then I then I yeah. watched, like, two other scenes. The long story short is I probably watched maybe 50% of this movie overall. Okay, perfect,
1: <laughs> because you, you probably got out better than I did. Uh, <laughs> and I think I was kind of working a little bit while I was watching it, but I, I guess I was not done. But, you know, um, this movie very much uh, – if you're not one of the three main characters and by three main characters, I mean, Mila Jovovich, Tony jaw or Ron Perlman, you're pretty much dead. Uh, they're, they're going <laughs> to kill you in this movie. And, uh, they fight these creatures in like several different, like, I guess, uh, climate zones. Like there's the desert, there's some caverns, there's the oasis. And then there's like, uh, the rainy, um, I guess portal at the top of a tower or something like that. And, um, let me tell you, I had no idea what was going on. It, this, this this movie was very, very confusing. Uh, I, I couldn't tell if someone was dead or hurt or poisoned. But I would say this is the second Tony Jaa movie I've watched this year. Do you know what other movie he was in this year? What else? Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, <laughs> my favorite of the Nicolas Cage movies that have come out uh, recently. And that he, he sucked in that. I think he's just taken, uh, taken movies to take movies at this point. Um, he was uh, known for the what the Ong Bak movies, uh, one, two, and three. That was just, like his breakout. And he actually was a stunt double for Liu Kang in the second Mortal Kombat movie, Annihilation, uh, oh, which okay. ties it into the show <laughs> notes a little bit here. Uh, but uh, this movie is is I don't know if if you're precious to this franchise of games, you're probably going to be offended. And if you're not precious to, to this franchise, you're gonna be confused as hell. So uh, this movie was not for anybody, and I'm pretty sure barely made any money back. I also am kind of I think didn't they? Uh, it got pulled in China. We talked about because they made um, some sort of uh, yeah uh, I don't I, insensitive I, I, reference to the culture.
0: Yeah. Ultimately, I don't think it ended up getting pulled. I think they just, uh, I think they just removed the joke entirely because it was just like a one-off kind of insensitive joke uh, ha- having to do with some sort of Asian stereotype. I believe it, so it was. I think it actually hit the markets.
1: It it was removed from circulation uh, like two weeks in, like it like it didn't even make it two weeks in China and they pulled it. So, um, that the, I, they, they probably did them better at the end of the day. So. Uh, I didn't even see this scene in here. Uh, you didn't watch it all, but I don't even remember the scene being talking about uh, the 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 incident in the no, film. I, so
0: yeah, no, I, I think it was removed from the uh, from the American cuts as well. Just because it was like a yeah. one off joke, just take it out. It's gonna be better, especially yeah. since the opening credits of this film you see like Tencent Productions, which I believe yeah. is a Chinese. Pro- production house they're, yeah they they're gonna have they're gonna have say over the cut so yeah. yeah they're not gonna give you money if you put that in their film
1: well Tencent uh prepared I'm gonna pull up a modified versions of the film omitting this line but even those showings were pulled uh so geez. yeah
0: e- yeah either way uh this movie unfortunately just kind of is devoid <sighs> of any sort of charm it's just like such a I want to say generic kind of action film but the only non-generic part I would say are Some of the monsters like the first monster You see is kind of like this this Taurus type of monster this big Bull with horns that kind of has a unique Design to it because it looks like it might have some sort Of arms or it has some sort of like boulder Protrusions on it at least It's somewhat interesting to look at and then you Go underground and there's kind of like this spider Scorpion which I kind of feel like I've seen That hybrid before so it wasn't Too unique to me and also it was just All this like kind of blackness underground There was kind of like this cool Gore moment for a second with T.I. Right. Um, With some spiders and some boils. So that kind of piqued my interest for a moment. But then I was, it was a little unfortunate that at the very end of the movie, it's just a dragon. Like that's it. There's nothing yeah. special about the dragon. As far as I could tell, just boilerplate dragon. So yeah. it's just kind of like, eh, you think you maybe could have done a little something else with it. I, well, like give him like the couple extra horns or I don't know, make him yeah. like do anything. Give him two I, tails. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure this, I'm sure that that creature is a, a, a very hard boss to be in the game um, by mm-hmm. all means. But yeah, uh, it's, Honestly, I it gave me Reign of Fire vibes there at the end uh, for a
0: little bit. Uh, at least Reign of Fire, you kind of have a you, like a somewhat unique right. post-apocalyptic world attached to it, you know? Right,
1: but but they, it all felt the same. Like all these people were running to axes at a fire-breathing dragon. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, okay, whatever. You're, you're apparently your weapons have powers now. Did you see the cat? The no, cat, I didn't. The cat didn't. creature in there, he's fantastic. <laughs> you, you missed two of like the best scenes in this thing. Uh, so okay.
0: That, well, one thing I was going to ask you, I'm actually glad you watched it all the way through. Uh, I mean, spoilers for Monster Hunter, we don't recommend you watch this movie, and you probably won't even anyway, so yeah. I don't care. Um, but at the very, very end, the dragon comes to the main... Earth, right? Does it yes. go through the portal? How do they defeat it? Do they just shoot it with a bunch of stuff, so, or do they take it down with like a normal primal weapon or a sword? I that's something yeah, I don't know. M-
1: multiple things. So apparently, um, they know that this 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 creature, and I just have my notes pulled up here. It's called a Rathalos. Um, right before it breathes fire, you can shoot it and ignite all the whatever, I guess, um, explosive gas in its mm-hmm. body. So uh, Milojovich somehow survives a crashed helicopter while strapped to a stretcher yet again and (laughs) they uh she shoots it with a flare in the mouth like with that little hand thing they have Uh, and it blows up and then she thinks it's dead and it comes back but then you find out tony jaw and ron perlman came through the portal and he shoots it with his explosive bows and arrows in the neck before it dies (laughs) uh and then another creature comes through called a gore Megala, and you're like okay there's a bigger one. I, it looks also more like a dragon, and then the movie just kind of ends while they're fighting oh. it on the other side of the, the thing. So. The
0: hubris of thinking that anyone was going to clamor for a sequel for this. But at the same time, I would say, didn't they make like a million Resident Evil films? So somehow yeah. uh, Paul... Uh, Tom? Th- Paul no, 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 Paul W.S. Something, WS Anderson, dude. yeah. <laughs> somehow not, not, he knows yeah. how to keep a franchise going well, when nobody cares about this, it. So.
1: This movie could have, with the... Um, you know the the Eastern market probably been really you know, made a lot of money and, and done well because I think Monster Hunter sells really good in Japan and, and China in and the video game world uh, and I think it, hell it could have even been made over there but like you know that's where he's making his money to get the sequels and they even set this up with a, a cloaked hooded person watching the battle from the top of the tower <laughs> like they, they they were fully prepared to go in on a sequel but I don't I don't see it coming and in best case you know maybe they reboot it in five six years or later but. Um, this movie just woof no charm no whimsy
0: no fun
1: save your money (laughs) if it's on streaming you might be able to find some entertainment out of it but I would not uh again like, like like Willy's wonderland drop your money your heart and money <laughs> on a movie that just hit digital this week
0: yeah this this film is the embodiment of the opposite of the other film that i watched uh down periscope mm-hmm. which is a fun uh mid-90s movie uh from the director that you reminded me of uh dumb dumb and dumber dumb and dumber dumb and dumber, dumb and dumber yeah yeah i think i was channeling the sequel title in my head um but Down Periscope is just this silly, fun movie about um, Fraser uh, <laughs> who gets his own uh, submarine, and there's just fun, wacky moments, and it's just it's nice. Uh, watching this movie, I realized there was like a run of submarine movies in the '90s. There was The Hunt for Red October, Down Periscope, um, Crimson Tide. Like yeah. in the '90s, it was like hardcore submarine, well- and it reminded me of like the one computer game. That my 90s computer in my parents' house came with was uh, Tom Clancy's... I think it was just Tom Clancy's SS or Tom Clancy's something. But it was like a submarine hunting game. And I remember me and my brother, like, you know... Uh, cozying up next to the computer, and we had like a flight joysticks for, for some reason. I don't know if it came with the game. Everybody had
1: one of those in the 90s. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like everyone had one, but nobody knew why they had it. So we would just pilot this submarine. But we're kids who want like high-octane video games, but we're stuck moving this incredibly slow submarine, and then like these text prompts would pop up trying to engage us in the story. We're like, oh, we don't care. We just want to shoot the torpedoes. And I don't think we ever once beat a mission on that game, but oh. I was like, man, the 90s, that was the decade for submarine submarines
1: <laughs> can, can i can i interject it's called tom clancy's ssn
0: oh ssn yeah that's right social uh, security number
1: exactly and uh <laughs> I'm just, i just pulled it up here because i i'm like man that sounds familiar but everyone had a joystick but also uh down periscope was not by the directors of dumb and dumber um that was the the forelli brothers and this was done by david ward but it has a lot of the same actors right like oh, okay gotcha. yeah like like um yeah lauren holly uh, i'm trying to think of the um harlow williams in this like it, this is one of those things and i not not to give it away um i i, I quoted this movie way too much when when i was asked <laughs> to, to, to get this movie for somebody and i was like they're like how why do you remember this movie i'm like i just remember watching it a lot when i was younger for some reason engraved in the brain and it's, it's like one of those 99 cent buy it at a video rental store we don't want it we can't rent it and correct me if I'm wrong. Was it rated R or what was the rating on this movie back then?
0: Uh, oh gosh, I don't know. Back in the '90s, the I feel like PG-13 and rated R sometimes were just conflated together. You never knew what you could exactly get away with in a '90s uh, comedy. I don't uh, even.
1: I don't even see it on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Just to be, if it was rated
0: R for anything, it would have been for language.
1: I didn't see any PG-13. kind of like
0: uh, comedy nudity <laughs> oh. as you might see. Oh, uh, the ro- but... the
1: Rotten Tomatoes scores twelve percent. I, I just. <laughs>
0: That's I a shame because it, cause it's a fun movie it but is I'm, a fun. Fan of, I'm a fan of uh, Kelsey Grammer this, uh, I'm a fan of also uh, War games and movies Where like the story doesn't exactly Want to deal with war, international conflict So they're like, let's just do a war game So it's like you get to do all the tropes Of a, of a war movie, but we don't actually Don't have to build up an enemy anywhere And really put stakes into it but uh, down Periscope, it's not it's not streaming anywhere unfortunately. But I think this would be worth a rent, you know, if uh, if you like the cast and you want some silly comedies, and of course if you want to get your submarine on, um, mm-hmm. which I'll jump to the to the other thing that I watched that also includes submarines. I rewatched Aquaman. Yeah, uh, we we uh, we pulled it up on HBO Max. I uh, watched it while I was working out because I mean nothing's going to motivate you more to lift then uh, seeing Jason Momoa shirtless, I mean, that dude's like ripped, and I'm just like, I'm gonna be like that someday, and then you put like an extra rep, or you put an l- extra five pounds on the bar, so, uh, the the one thing that I totally forgot about this film, which I'm sure we referenced in our spoiler cast for, is, I forgot how bizarre the soundtrack for this movie is. So weird, like, I'm not talking about the score, any sort of the orchestral music, I'm talking about the weird music choices that James Wan put into this film, it's just so bizarre, there's like Pitbull in it, there's like weird just kind of like i don't want to say 90s grunge but i want to say almost like grunge for commerce like something that you would have seen in like a commercial like trying to sell you like hard lemonade at some point in time it just it's a thing that you totally forget about whereas like you remember the iconic songs that are in guardians of the galaxy and you go back and you revisit the soundtrack but you forget the weirdness that was put into aquaman mm-hmm. um but uh, <laughs> overall uh re-watching it again i was like this feels like it's a perfect place in like MCU phase one. If just the DCEU could have started off with Aquaman, maybe things would have, maybe the pace would have been set a little bit better.
1: (laughs) I I think Aquaman and Wonder Woman are very good examples of first time movies, right? Like Mm -hmm. hell, I'd even throw man of steel in could probably fit in there. But after, you know, the other two in that trilogy kind of tank that pretty, pretty quick. But yeah. I mean I think I think I agree it's a it's a it's a great film. And then again Tamara Morrison, known for playing Boba Fett now. Um mm-hmm. Django Fett and Boba Fett, you know, he was still hanging out as Aquaman's dad that movie. Yeah.
0: And you kind of forget about the uh, the uh, characterization that Jason Momoa gives to Aquaman. He's kind of like this, just like just chilled, like laid back, like dude that likes goofing around. And said like, "Oh, we could have just peed on it, and that would have fixed it." So I kind of appreciate that a little bit more because you realize it took um, it took Chris Hemsworth and Thor a few movies to kind of get to that point mm-hmm. where they really started to Aquaman out like that. So. Uh, interesting. I liked revisiting it, but uh, finally here on the corn stream before we move along, uh, I finally got around to watching the season two of One Punch Man because it's finally dubbed over on Hulu, and I'm a scrub, and I'm only going to watch my anime dubbed, you know. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you hate me for saying that. I don't think scrub's uh, the right word, but we'll let you get on. <laughs> scrub, dub, it rhymes, man. Scrub, a dub, dub. Yeah. I'm watching One Punch Man season two. Uh, man, this show is so fun. It's so, it's so hilarious because you always have to – Uh, you always have to surmount this uh, problem of having this character that literally can't be defeated and you have to, so you have to go out of your way to build up all of these enemies around you because you know, he's going to beat everybody in one punch, but you have to make that one punch as entertaining as possible. So you have to spend episodes on lore and characters and creating a bad guy who's like killed hundreds of people in front of him, And he's, and he's, fought all of these people and you have to turn people into monsters and mutate them and like have all of these like second tier characters get like pummeled. And then they finally uh, meet Man, and then he's mm. just like punches them and then they're done. It's just great. It's so funny. Like, I don't know exactly how the formula is going to change like in more seasons moving forward, but I don't really care. Cause it's just, it's a perfect show for me to watch while I'm working and, just have and, it over in the corner. <laughs>
1: and it's a great parody of a- again anime and overpowered characters like, uh-huh. you know like you know we grew up on what dragon ball and like uh, i know the people are like was it naruto my hero Academia. there's always this one character who's always powerful and breaking through his limits and then you just have saitama who's just like this regular dude who just happens to be the strongest man and he's boring as hell outside of that so uh <laughs> yeah. it, I, it's a great parody show for that kind of stuff
0: yeah, it's great. I was wondering if season two was going to be able to pull off the same magic trick again, but they're doing a pretty good job and it's fun. Just Cider problems are just so funny. You know, he's just, he can't fight somebody because he's trying to keep his wig from falling off. So it looks like he's, he's, uh, he's losing the match, but like he just doesn't want his wig to fall off. It, it's just great. So you can go check that out over on Hulu if you don't like to read uh, subtitles. But mm-hmm. that is the Korin stream and I had to include the corn feast just real quick because I ate the weirdest thing of my life this weekend, Chris. I don't know if you know this, but they are making pizza crust out of chicken now. Does that make any sense to oh, you at
1: all? Have you heard of this before? <laughs> I have... I I thought it was like a joke Uh, I didn't think it was real it's,
0: it's so weird it's like it's in the frozen pizza aisle the box is very very small and the pizza inside of it is even smaller it feels like you when you open it you've uncovered like an extra large bagel bite and you're just like I paid $8 for this so I waited till it came on sale because I really wanted to experiment with my pizza, and, and the crust is made out of like egg whites and like uh, mechanically separated rib meat, I think is what the instructions say. So I was just like, oh, do they find some, like when you cook this, does it get crispy? What's going on here? Like, I'm not keto or anything like that. I'm not afraid of gluten. I just was curious. So I made the pizza according to the manufacturer's instructions, and it's so weird. It just feels like they put pizza toppings on top of a blank chicken nugget, it doesn't crisp up at all in any way, shape, or form. It's just like the inside of a chicken nugget with stuff on top of it. I took a bite of it and I was like, I wasn't necessarily disgusted because all of the stuff there tastes good. Like it just tastes like chicken with cheese on top of it. So like I got up uh, and I went over to the bread box and I took out a piece of bread and I and I, I put my pizza on top of bread because it felt like I was eating a sandwich without the bun on it. So uh, I would not recommend this, especially because it costs as much as a normal frozen pizza, which I'll have much more fun with. But it was just so weird. Yeah. Have you ever see pizza where the crust is made out of chicken? Just don't expect a pizza experience. It's not what you're gonna get. It's so weird, so bizarre. I just I had to tell somebody else about it because yeah. it was so, well, freaking weird. You but, you put this hey, in the
1: notes. <laughs> just the note says chicken pizza, and I'm like, how weird can yeah, chicken pizza I, be? I, I didn't want to give it away. It's not uh, what you thought. And, and he's like, what do you think it is? I'm like, I think it's chicken taco pizza from Domino's, and mm-hmm. it's not. But I would recommend chicken taco pizza. So yeah,
0: you know what? I'm not uh, I'm not a hater of alternative crusts. I would enjoy trying like a cauliflower crust or any other type of crust, as long as it mimics some sort of bread. Chicken can't be bread. I'm sorry, but this is like alchemy. You can't turn lead into gold. It's like we're trying to go back to the medieval era, and everyone's trying to do sorcery on pizza. Like, if you want to eat pizza, just eat it. But, you know, maybe just ride your exercise bike for a little bit. Mm-hmm. There yeah. you go. That's my rant on weird pizzas and the corn feast.
1: Well, let me talk to you about, um, again, we're, we're getting into the the spring season of stuff here. I need to find the photo I sent you. I, I think it's spring. Uh, bring Peeps come with Easter, right? Everyone loves Mm -hmm. Peeps at Easter. I don't like Peeps. I don't like Peeps (laughs) at all. My wife fucking loves them and I can't stand them. Uh, But instead, she did find two weird new flavors of Peeps out in the wild. And I said, you know, for, for the corn feast, for our superhero snack, I will try these. And the first one is raspberry flavored Peeps that are dipped very lightly in a cream flavored fudge. So essentially white chocolate. And uh, very much raspberry, very much uh, a raspberry peep with a crunchy bottom, if you will. Uh, It's okay. It's fine. (laughs) Um, If you like peeps, I'd recommend trying it rather than the regular flavor, I think. But the other one I've not tried yet, Mike. I'm going to try these tonight because it's the big box. Is the Hot Tamales Fierce Cinnamon Peeps.
0: Ooh, and
1: uh what did you ask me does it taste like uh fireball in a peep yeah that's cinnamon
0: cinnamon whiskey peeps yeah. yeah i feel like they would sell more of them if they put the fireball logo on it instead of the hot tamales logo on it
1: yeah it, exactly uh this just makes it pg uh for, for the kids to eat so they're the same color i could literally confuse these peeps easily as you could tell here between the raspberry and the, the cinnamon one so i'm gonna give those a try tonight with dinner but like I uh, I'm not a peeps fan, but if anyone sees any peeps they like and and you like them and have a certain flavor, let us know, cause you're weird people. You're, <laughs> you're definitely weird. So, yeah. I mean, uh,
0: believe it or not, uh, this is a podcast about uh, superhero news, no. but sometimes we just gotta let you know about the the newest technology when it comes to peeps and yeah. chicken.
1: <laughs> chicken, peeps, and all the movies we watched this week because you guys want mm-hmm. to know. All right, let's jump into the news, Mike. The first big news here is starts to out is a new series from Disney Plus announced called Assembled. And the first episode of Assembled is called The Making of WandaVision. Uh, which when you're like, well, well, this makes sense, right? This is essentially the Disney Gallery show for they did for the Mandalorian, but for the Marvel mm-hmm. shows. So my assumption is they're likely going to do this for every MCU show on Disney Plus.
0: Yeah, I think this is great. I- I'm curious if this is going to be episodic or a one shot because they did a one shot for season two of Mandalorian. But the first season they did a few different oh, episodes. It- uh
1: the season, the season two one was one shot because of uh, the, the COVID pandemic, I believe is what they said. Uh, and so they've not really made an announcement on this. So I would like to see one per episode because literally in WandaVision, every episode is a different decade. Like, I don't want them to blow through that very quickly, right? Like, I would love to see how they made every decade feel authentic to the show.
0: Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. I've been watching some of the other documentary stuff on Disney+. Plus. The uh, Inside Pixar one yeah. is really, really great. There's this one episode where you don't expect the localization team is going to be very interesting, but they are very, very clever where they have to make, like, 40 different versions of a film uh, for different markets around the world. And it's not just about, like, you know, changing the dialogue or, like, changing, like, the text of, like, oh, somebody opens up a menu on screen. The menu needs to appear in different languages. But they do this really cool thing called neutralization, where if they can replace text with just symbols or graphics or images, they don't have to worry about that. Across any of the movies at all So there was this one shot where they're showing Like a campground in a movie I don't remember what movie it was, what Pixar film But it's a campground and there's like a, a sign that says Campground, so instead of trying to translate The word campground into 40 different languages They just replaced it with a bunch of those Iconic like symbols that you would See along the roadside if you're coming up to a Campground, like oh it's like an icon of a Tent, an icon of a tree uh, Like an icon of a bear or something like that mm-hmm. So thought
1: that was really interesting So emojis are taking over yeah
0: yeah that's one way to say it yeah so um i think that might have been maybe episode seven or eight or something uh but i think uh i don't know if they're going to do multiple seasons but i think all 10 episodes for inside pixar are up now ready to watch so just go buzz through those it'll make you want to move to emeryville and work for pixar if you can even get in there because they make it look very very desirable and very hard to get a job
1: there yeah yeah and it Correct me if I'm, Raya in the Last Dragon is not Pixar, right? Or is it? No,
0: that that's uh that's dis that's uh, Disney's animation.
1: Okay, but there's like a short coming out before that as well. I heard this week. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, is it possible? possible. I, d- I just don't know if it's Disney or if, or if it's yeah, a Pixar yeah, I, I short. So yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a good place to put them since it's going to digital. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, A Simple Debut is March 12th on Disney Plus. Literally the week after the last division show. We have two left after this week so uh this will help bridge that gap before falcon winter soldier drops on march 17th march is shaping up to be a busy month for us mike like the busiest we've had since everything shut down about you know a year ago so i'm excited to get back into this stuff doctor strange in the multiverse of madness uh danny elfman will be rejoining sam Raimi to score this film do you remember one of the most iconic sam Raimi and danny elfman movies mike uh no I can't it's I Spider Man it's Spider Man okay. <laughs> he did so they did Spider Man one and Spider Man two but apparently Spider Man two kind of uh made them you know made Danny Elfman kind of you know uh, resent Sam Raimi I guess because of how he had to work on the film so they didn't work together again until I think 2011 but um you know Spider Man great films right from from Sam Raimi he's coming to the MCU other thing other superhero movies Danny Elfman's done include the original Batman. Uh, I forgot he did Age of Ultron. I'm going to be completely honest. forgot that. And then he did just the first Justice League, not Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, <laughs> Joss Wheaton's Justice League. So uh, I can't remember the music from that, so I don't think that's a, a compliment. But um, he's no stranger to, to tipping his t- diving his toes into this a little bit. Now, did I talk about last week that I watched Doctor Strange last week? I think I mentioned that.
0: No, I, uh, I
1: don't recall, Chris. Well, I did, and uh, I think I texted you and said that the sling rings can open... Uh, Uh, portals to other dimensions specifically Mm -hmm. he says dimensions but michael Giacchino's work on that was really fantastic i love hearing like the uh the stringy you know gothic tunes in that so um i I hope sam uh danny elfman um kind of ups that a little bit in this next big uh film so it's cool the fantastic four news mike i didn't think we'd be getting fantastic four news so quickly (laughs) This this is this is a great Marvel is just now meeting with writers on this, so there's no script or details really locked down that we can share. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then John Watts is still shooting Spider Man 3, so that means he's too busy to work on this. So you might be asking yourself, why is this news if there's no news? Well, it's because this awful rumor that I don't, it's not awful, it's just I don't know who's said this and why it's being shared, but that Jennifer Lawrence has been cast as Sue Storm (laughs) for Fantastic Four, and she's filming it in two months in Australia. I mean
0: that seems a little too early if, if they yeah. don't even have the script yet. <laughs> so
1: well that that rumor came out and then everyone was like literally nothing's been announced on this other than the fact they're making a movie for this.
0: Yeah, it, I mean the only way I could explain like something being filmed in two months is maybe like a cameo or an after credit scene or something like that. But there's no way they're shooting any Fantastic I, Four movies,
1: right? Well, I well they said <laughs> movie. I don't know if they've even got to the point where they would be casting it. How I mean, how would you? Why would you cast someone without a you know, script or like a story in mind, right? Like mm-hmm. that's like that's how you get bad movies. Like you're like yo know, yeah. I mean Jennifer Lawrence would be a great get. I mean I'm not I'm not knocking if she did Sue Storm, but we uh, cast Jennifer Lawrence because she looks like Sue Storm, and then we have to write a movie around that. Means probably not getting anything good uh, that that you want. So. This was just the weirdest rumor I had that came out this week, I'm like, I got to share this with Mike, because yeah, I got to
0: imagine there's going to be so many fantastic four rumors, because you got four iconic characters, right? Mm-hmm. You have four casting slots that you can, you know, uh, circle rumors around. So obviously you have the strongest one, where the bi- where all the fans, you know, want it to be, um, uh, what's his face, uh, Jack John, Ryan, John I Krasinski, John Krasinski, and his uh, and his wife Emily Blunt, you know, Emil- Emil- Emily Blunt's starting to make a. Maybe a little bit more Disney sense just because She's already in the Disney fold I mean John Krasinski he's a big get But at at the same time like I don't want Them just to do it just because the fans want it I want Them to do it because it makes sense Mm. and if you're Casting those people you're casting I'm not calling them old in any way But they would have to be like seasoned Scientists right they would have to be Like people in their prime so If that's where the story needs to go You know that makes sense but you know Make it make as long as it makes Sense right so we'll have to see how it goes
1: yeah and it's just i mean I don't know I I and people I used to people are grasping at straws for for news here because you know we we don't have anything about Fast Forward you said like you said there's casting us but also there's three horrible no four horrible movies uh that you know have preceded this they've never nailed it right and and Marvel is is you know when they do something they're like you know we go out we do it right we want to make it a good movie so there's a, there's a huge opportunity a lot of eyes watching this to make sure they can do better than you know fan stick uh from from 2016 which Barslow. Oh, bars gosh. low bars low so mm-hmm. do that over in the netflix side of things the rights for jessica jones and the punisher have reportedly returned back to marvel mm-hmm. um the reports again i don't have the contracts or the paperwork in front of me that says um after the cancellation every character has two years of exclusive rights on netflix before they can go back to marvel so uh those were the last two canceled shows uh was jessica jones and the punisher which i think were the last two series to to debut right um yeah i think so yeah i think jessica
0: jones was the was the very last thing to air on netflix
1: yeah punisher season two and jessica jones season three and then they join daredevil luke cage and iron fist back at back at marvel so uh that's good right i mean do you think they'll put they'll try to get these shows from netflix to put on disney plus or do you think they'll just leave them on netflix
0: I, I, I honestly I feel like they're going to stay on Netflix to be honest I don't yeah. know why Netflix would want to give up anything in their catalog at this point in time especially since they're Netflix originals it'd be a weird precedent I've yet to see a Netflix original you know move other over to another platform uh, that wasn't like a really early show where they didn't quite get their contracts down right mm mm-hmm. um, so, oh, I forgot to mention the other week when I say I was watching season two of Emily of Dickinson on Apple Plus. Uh, Finn Jones is in it, and he's doing a great job. He so uh, you know, uh, chalk that up as redemption uh, from Iron Fist. But remember when the when Iron Fist ended with him with two glowing guns? Man, what could have
1: been? Yeah, yeah. What could have been? I I, I told you I I dove into some videos revisiting the Inhumans the other day, right? Because. Uh-huh. God damn that was awful. Um and, and the only reason I said is because the same showrunner who did who brought us Iron Fist was then given the job to do in humans and we talked about it. I'm like, that's the worst decision you could ever make. Uh but, you know, and then was it Luke Cage the villain at the end of his season, two?
0: Yeah, he kind of became like the anti-hero, like the defender of Harlem, but from a good or bad point of view. Uh-huh. I don't I don't exactly remember. But um, uh, who knows? We we could see all of these characters again if there is a true multiverse out there in the MCU. Yeah. But I don't think anything's going to be permanent. I think they'll all be uh, rebooted at some point in time.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I think the, the strongest is Charlie Cox shown up in Spider-Man. But Spider-Man's already dealing with multiverses anyway So, you know mm-hmm. We could easily Yeah, easily I mean, come that. on Her- Heroes
0: for Hire would be a perfect Disney Plus series Right? right? That's, the, that's, the best way, that's the best way to bring these characters back
1: Yeah I, I agree. And making a comedy, like tied into She-Hulk, like you bring her in and make it a comedy kind of thing. That's fantastic. Yeah,
0: like there could just be, there could be somebody on the ground in New York, you know, who knows? It could be She-Hulk, any other character that says like, oh, I need to get a job done, but I'm busy. I know two people. I'll give them a call. But do you have the money? Do you have the yeah. cash? And then, bam, they show up you don't have you don't have to deal with an origin story you know you could just kind of pepper in some details of their backstory in the first couple episodes you could do like a backdoor pilot for him or something like that
1: the only other thing i would say is put iron fist literally in uh shang chi uh because he was literally a martial artist right like oh yeah that's a great way to introduce him you could you could put him in there. you don't have to explain him like yep here's the iron fist uh and this is what he does and you're like okay we know him we got it boom uh, but you could put him in, in there If he loses the tournament He has to go back to, to New York And find his second job mm-hmm. So Always an option The Ahsoka series Seems to be moving forward And casting uh, are looking to cast uh, Ezra Bridger From the Star Wars Rebel show And they're eyeing Amena Massoud Probably butch that The live action Aladdin uh, from okay. Aladdin In this series I think that'd be great He hasn't done anything since then And you know Really Aladdin wasn't a horrible film Overall I Didn't don't think he he's...
0: have like an article that hit right around the time Aladdin came out where he was like, oh, I'm this big blockbuster star, but I'm not getting any other roles. It's just been this one. I don't know. Maybe I'm making something up, but I feel like there was some sort of narrative around this guy. So whether that's the case or not, it's cool that, you know, he could possibly be hitting another big franchise. So good for him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like he's maybe um, doing something in Netflix coming up, but um, I, th- I think he could pull off an Ezra Ezra. Bridger look. Yeah, uh, I mean,
0: I'm not super familiar with the character. I've only seen a couple episodes of Rebels, but yeah, I think, I mean, the age seems to be about right if you're kind of aging up the character for this uh, for this kind of Mandalorian time zone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that. I'm, I'm excited for the Ahsoka show. I forget we had all those Star Wars shows announced, so I'm, every time I get <laughs> a little bit of news, I'm like, yeah.
0: That, uh, that, uh, that day uh, just seems like a fever dream still. I can't quite recall mm-hmm. everything I
1: saw. It feels like two, I'm like, yeah, two weeks ago, that dizzy investor call, and you're like, no, man, that <laughs> was... Months. It was like <laughs> ha- half a year ago now. So love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, do you ever watch the Constantine movie with uh, you know, uh, Keanu Reeves himself?
0: I remember seeing that back when it came out. I didn't really know much about the comic book character at all, but, I mean, it was Keanu Reeves. He was mm-hmm. hot from The Matrix. I remember in the trailers there was some sort of shotgun that looked like a cross, and I was like, that looks cool. Yeah. So I went and watched it.
1: Yeah, and it, and it had um, Evie from uh, The Mummy as the, the lead Actress in that movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, it was a great time for all these actors. Well, too bad. Um, bad Robot and HBO Max are working on a darker <laughs> reboot of this character. For oh God, the... darker. And uh, I think darker than the was that it... he's on what CBS or CW for a while too. Uh,
0: yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I don't know that he crossed over
1: great. to CW. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, uh, author, a book writer, Guy Bolton, who's written the books called "The Pictures" and "The Syndicate." I don't know these novels. Uh, has written the pilot and is expected to serve as a head writer, so they're moving forward with this Constantine show. And um, also will possibly link to Bad Robot's announced Justice League Dark series they're working on over there. So this yeah, could be like I mean, their first step in it or what?
0: It seems like it would have to, right? If you have yeah. Bad Robot working on two DC shows that are both on HBO Max and are both like in this dark kind of... Like a supernatural world, it would be weird if they didn't.
1: Do you think that they could possibly take uh, for for since we're just talking about the defenders approach to this? um, You know, do these like little mini you know seasons of these characters and then bring them together for like a Justice League Dark. I mean,
0: we've already seen it technically work, right? I mean the um, the Doom Patrol showed up in uh, Titans, and then they had their own show, so. Yeah they almost it doesn't even seem like Backdoor pilot is the way to describe it Anymore because that almost seems like a way to like Test the waters of just like oh Can this work as a show I think It's more like what you see like musicians Doing on Spotify right it's like Oh we all want to cross pollinate So when somebody searches you on Spotify They also come across me right So it's Mm. just like just mix them all Up because we will if somebody likes one Part of it they'll like another part of it you know if they Like who they end up casting as Constantine They'll definitely want to watch the Justice League Dark Show because they'll be in it as well so yeah, yeah pollinate it all together I mean Marvel's been doing but, it for a decade now
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly and, and build the characters up before you just give us everybody at once I think yeah, that, that mm-hmm. was what we learned with the DC right like we don't care oh, about some of these characters if you just introduce them literally in the movie for the first time um, so yeah uh, Constantine definitely look like it's getting a reboot of, or reboot and coming to HBO Max I think HBO Max is going it all in on the DC stuff so I'm excited to see some of that and speaking of uh, DC shows on HBO Max, the Aquaman King of Atlantis animated series, three-part series, debuted its first look this week. And uh, the internet is broken, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> it broke Polar- the internet
0: polarizing for sure this is like deja vu because this is exactly what happened uh when thundercats roar was announced and everybody cried the uh the uh same cries the same tears that they had when teen titans go was a thing right yeah. you know teen titans go you know kill the original teen titans so now we're stuck with this kitty version of it and then uh, thundercats roar came out and they're just like no we wanted more of an adult anime one even though they made that one already so we're yeah. back here having the exact same conversation again because it's the same art style i'm sure that there's some executive producer crossover i don't know if the showrunner from thundercats roar has any uh any uh, um work on this but the art style is identical uh right so we were doing a little research before the show uh, looking at thundercats roar and it has an abysmally low uh rating for it right but i think that's honestly just quote unquote the haters if you mm. will uh, because it's it's unfairly low i mean it's got like a 16 percent on rotten tomato it's got like a 2.5 on imdb and it's just like this is a cartoon folks like i've watched a few episodes of thundercats roar and it's fun like the animation is like so kinetic there's so much saku uh, sakuga um is that what they call it where um sakuga i think that's what it's called when basically you go like you you animate on ones and you just see this beautiful clean animation but people are just so triggered by the animation style and what their expectations are and i think some people just need to take a chill pill and realize that like this is like a cartoon they're not they're not making like an adult animated series for you uh this is the same audience that they're trying to hit for like teen titans go like there's a subset of people or should i also call them children that are at home that are looking for stuff to watch like I don't know. I have like this. I have like this weird opinion where people like, you need to like chill out. Like <laughs> well, this he, isn't for you. But you know, you can watch it if you want. it.
1: Well, that that's the other thing. You know, this is literally a three-part series teaching kids about ethical and ecological sustainability in the oceans. Pretty much, like Ooh. right, like keep the environment healthy. This is produced by James Wan and his Atomic Monster Productions, and like. This is not. This isn't supposed to be a long-term thing that's going to build up these characters over time. It's just how it's like, hey kids, don't be assholes. Don't pollute. You know, it says Aquaman and Mara. Like, I, that's what it's for. Like, if kids tested this this artwork and like, yeah, they respond to it. Yeah, go with it, man. Like, keep going with it. You're not here to make um, I guess the the internet um, you know, one of the warriors, <laughs> it, the keyboard even, warriors, even, happy.
0: Even if it was even if it was long-term like we also we, we often talk about like toxic fan bases like the rick and morty fan base there's like a cartoon fan base that ranges from the age of like 14 to 24 where they think all of their scathing criticisms is gonna make it through to cartoon network or executives over at hbo max that are just like uh we don't care about you because you're not the one going to the toy aisle that's gonna buy toys of these things you're looking for like highly polished maquettes that you're gonna spend like two hundred dollars on i just think it's like so funny when people waste so they waste so much of their effort like complaining about like this one image you know about aquaman and mara that looked like they were drawn like you know in like a like a cartoony style. I, I don't know. People just seem to think if this exists, other things don't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's just this, like a, uh, maybe there's just this void of Aquaman and they're just like anything that comes out. It's gotta be, it's gotta be amazing. But I don't right. know. People just need to
1: relax. Well, I, I mean, I just kind of, I just kind of went and looked it up here. So this is done by Warner brothers animation, uh, mm-hmm. which is a huge company, right? Uh, good Lord. They did do thundercats roar. Mm-hmm. King of Atlantis. They they um, they are working on what's coming. The Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai, mm-hmm. The most recent Animaniacs reboot. The the Harley Quinn show. Uh, again, like you said, uh, Teen Titans Go. Like they've done everything. Like this was a choice because they probably want to hit that audience of Teen Titans Go and the uh, Thundercats, right? Like they really want to, and and that's fine. Perfectly. Perfectly cool. Yeah, there's us.
0: been this really big push across the the streaming services recently, where um, I think it might have been HBO announced a large slate of animated stuff that they're producing. You, uh, I think Apple Plus just made a huge deal with Skydance Animation to make a bunch of uh, featured and series animated stuff. So all of these streaming services, they realize a part of the streaming war is capitalizing on the younger kid audience, and you, you're just gonna have to sit back and realize that like that isn't always gonna be for you you Mm -hmm. so just like till chill take a chill pill i actually don't mind this art style i kind of like it it's kind of weird and goofy and i like stuff like that so you know if it's not for you just keep scrolling i guess and realize that there's actually humans behind this stuff that are making it and you know are doing their best to make something interesting
1: yeah don't don't uh don't stream it if you don't want to man it's fine that's what the that's what the options are for but i tell you right now again my wife is a teacher kids younger and younger know how to get it and stream stuff they want to watch uh more Mm. so than going to a to a satellite remote and, and then figuring out those channels so <laughs> good for them good for them The Flash movies making some casting announcements here and that's not Batman okay uh, surprise <laughs> uh, Sasha uh Kaye I think or, or Cal- I want to say it's Kaye I know she's Hispanic but it could be Callie uh, from the the show that we obviously both watched The Young and the Restless <laughs> uh, has been cast as Kara Zor-El aka Supergirl in the film, in the movie yeah yeah, that's
0: the first thing I looked up too. I was like, I checked out her IMDb and I was like, oh, the Young and the Restless a soap actress. Yeah, we're definitely not going to know her. And she had some other short films underneath her belt. So for all intents and purposes, especially us here on the show, she's unknown, which I usually like. I like it when they uh, when they cast a new character with somebody we've never heard before, because that means that that person really embodies the role, according to like the producers and like the people over in casting. Right. Because when somebody really famous, you know, like a Jennifer Lawrence might be cast in a role Role. You know, they're half thinking, you know, she could be good for the role, but also half thinking, oh, she'll sell tickets. It doesn't really matter if she's not necessarily perfect for it. Maybe she'll find her own version of the character and it'll all work out in the end. If it's somebody that you've never heard for heard of before, that means that it's uh, it's kind of coalescing at the perfect moment. So I think that's exciting, but of course, if we're talking about drama with Aquaman uh, in the Twitter replies, you gotta—I guess—you also gotta mention all the crazy people out there that oh. if if you don't cast somebody that's uh, the exact same color they were in the comic books, they're doing it all wrong, which is just, you know, ridiculous and and stupid and pointless. So yeah. I mean, there's there's so many ways you can reinvent the character of Supergirl. Uh, you know, I'm all for it.
1: Well, and, and then also, I mean, literally right now, there is Supergirl the show on TV, right? This is the last mm-hmm. season. So um, they are going to go right from the CW's version to uh, this version. And people, you know, it's very quick, but, you know, I mean, people may have some conflicting ideas, but whatever. It's 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 the comic book universe. You can have multiple people be the same character across multiple universes. And obviously, The Flash will be dealing with multiple universes. So do you think maybe this is will be the DC Prime universe character? Uh, Supergirl or do you think it'll be Batman 89 yeah that's
0: that's a big question right I would think she would be from a different universe not necessarily because her ethnicity is different from the typical version that you're familiar with in Supergirl but it seems like if you pull the Supergirl from the quote unquote prime universe you gotta deal with all the Snyder stuff right you gotta deal mm-hmm. with the crash spaceship and like the cameo and the easter egg of the character and where she would have or not have shown up in that, that franchise so yeah just pull her from another universe and you know she can just have her own kind of history and canon with the character you don't have to worry about all that you know nonsense of uh, universe that's not going to be around
1: any longer oh yeah exactly I mean just just, just go for it I mean here, here's the opportunity if you want to build something consistent going forward now's your time to, to, to introduce these characters and be like oh yeah we we've, we've already played around with this multiverse and these characters and if it's going to change the universe to where it looks different going forward here's the time to introduce some people yeah for it.
0: I am going to be curious on the creative choice of her hair color just because if you're talking about iconic looks of characters I would say hair color is pretty important you know if you think of like a character like Ma- um, Mara that has like red hair I'm curious if she'll go blonde or they'll keep her brunette I saw um, there is one kind of Photoshop concept artist that I follow on Instagram that's not boss logic uh, unfortunately I can't re- remember their name off the top of my head or Or their username, but they did a Photoshop of her with brunette and blonde hair, Mm -hmm. and it looked good either way. So we'll we'll see how that plays out.
1: Yeah, and um, I believe she, I think when I saw the photos from the casting, she's naturally like a brunette, so um, it's fine either. Yeah, it's fine either way. Whatever Mm -hmm. they want to have her brown hair, that's fine. Does the hair color make the character? Nah, not to (laughs) me. Uh, speaking of Zack Snyder, Mike. Oh, you thought I had Justice League news. I don't have Justice League <laughs> news. I actually have his new movie, Army of the Dead, that he both you know directed and filmed himself. Uh, the trailer is coming out on Thursday uh, for this movie, finally. I think we've been talking about it for like two years, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, this is his first movie post uh, when he left Justice League. Uh, Dave Bautista is in it. The This movie is dropping May 21st on Netflix. So uh, it, It's interesting. I'd, I'd like to see uh, a... Uh, zombie movie right now. I mean, we <laughs> haven't had any in a minute, have we?
0: Yeah, like I, I think I need another data point for Zack Snyder, right? It's been a while yeah. since I've seen something like 300 or uh, you know, uh Watchmen where I've been really really enjoyed something uh that uh Snyder put together. So, you know, maybe this could be re- returned to form. Uh so I looked up that artist. It was uh De- det detrine, detrine, detrine art. I don't really know how to say his oh, yeah. name, but I'll, I'll put it in the show notes if you want to check out his uh his comp his uh, comp of Supergirl
1: yeah uh the other thing about this is Zack Snyder did the first movie I ever saw from Zack Snyder was actually his 2004 remake Dawn of the Dead um which is actually I I think I'm not a zombie movie person but I think it's a fun movie did did you end up do you know that was also written by James Gunn Mm, I didn't know that was written by James Gunn so James Gunn wrote the uh, 2004 Dawn of the Dead remake uh which is you know survivors in a mall while the zombie apocalypse is going on and Zack Snyder directed it. And then, you know, now he's doing his own movie, uh, army of the dead with, um, with other, other people. So I think it's, I think this is, I want to, like you said, I want to see something do something different than superheroes. So let's see what it is. And if he filmed it, my guess, I think he, they filmed it kind of during lockdown last year, a little bit, even. So it's probably going to be a smaller, intimate kind of film. So knock on wood, we get something that's not, uh, not out there. All right, here's the meat of the show, Mike. We have some <laughs> trailers. We talked. We watched three different things, three trailers this week, and um, in the in the first uh, you know section of the trailer park, I think we have. I I've been hyped for this movie. Everyone's like, "Why are you hyped for this Mortal Kombat movie, Chris?" The first two suck. They suck so bad, and I'm <laughs> like, "Well, it's R rated. You know, that's that's what I'm just gonna say." They dropped we can tra- always – we can
0: always be thankful that the original one gave us such a banger version yeah. of the Mortal Kombat theme.
1: Man, I loved it. Exactly, like that song will always will be in history. But those first two are yeah, kind of rough. But Mortal Kombat, this R-rated trailer for the upcoming movie uh, will be on HBO Max in theaters in April. Um, they don't hold back, Mike. They give us the fatalities. They give us a bunch of characters, and it looks like it's going to be a quick kind of ride of a film with a oh, lot of fights yeah. going on.
0: It's always fun when you see that red card at the beginning of the trailer because you know they're not going to be holding anything back, and uh, we get to see Jax's arms ripped off. That was like the Boop. first bit of blood yeah. that you see. <laughs> that was, so I was like, oh, you know they're going, they're going all in on it. Um, I think the the two coolest things in the trailer uh, is the blood being turned into a uh, dagger from yeah. Sub Zero, and I think that's kind of uh, a way that they're kind of showing off like finishers. Um, yeah. um the, in, so the, the he, whole
1: he, end was fatalities. Like when they like Yeah,
0: fatal fatalities, that's the word I'm trying to say, not finishers, fatalities because he like stabs them with it and then he makes like an ice wall and throws them through it as well. So it's a pretty awesome fatality yeah. right there. Um, I'm expecting to see a spine at I- I- a place that it's not supposed to be. Uh that was not in the trailer, but I feel like if you're making like a gruesome Mortal Kombat movie, yeah. we gotta see a spine in some <laughs> form. You know, maybe it'll come from a CG character, possibly. Uh, it might be a little bit easier to pull off.
1: Well, I don't um, think they're gonna give us all all the all the money shots in the trailer, Mike. Uh, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Uh, and then uh, Kano, he was my uh, he was my favorite character moment. He just looks crazy and wacky. Similar to the kooky Australian Captain Boomerang We've been given But with a laser eyeball So I'm so hyped for this movie This looks so fun And I love that I don't have to Go to a movie theater to watch it Because this is the perfect type of movie Where I struggle If I want to see it in theaters Right? Like, oh, do I really want to take time out of my day Drive to the movie theater you You know You know the You know wager the pros and cons of sitting next to like a crazy person uh i can just watch this in the comfort of my own home
1: right and and, and what's interesting is like you know i i we knew there was like a main character and like yeah we we know we see the jacks and the sub-zero and the scorpion but i did not know there were so many characters in here like you know mm-hmm. uh, like even i'm pretty sure there's a shot of uh, their version of reptile in here that's the heart that kano pulls out there at the end uh goro i didn't see Kevin either the classic boss from from mortal kombat the the four armed Goro, uh, mm-hmm. he is four armed, right? Or six arms? He's got a lot of arms, uh, regardless. <laughs> um, and More then, than the normal amount. <laughs> yep. And the scorpion doing his uh, his little thing where he hits him with the thing. And I the get over here was kind of cheesy, but you know, if you can't reference the game, what's the point? Like that's mm-hmm. that's the point. You want to see what you played when you were a kid come to life in this. So I I'm I'm really excited to watch this movie. And again, thankful I already have an HBO Max subscription. I don't have to go pay extra for it. So mm-hmm. this is and, and it's only uh what less than two months away, uh, which is surprising. I thought we'd get a trailer sooner, but it'd be farther out. But I mean, here we are, April sixteenth, Mike. This is this is something we're gonna be reviewing on this show mm-hmm. in April. Damn uh, straight. That's the day after taxes are due, by the way, in case people <laughs> got on their calendar. So so get that done. Put that money towards your, your HBO Max subscription. Anything else you wanna add? Did you notice that they had the an instrumental version of the 90s theme song in there.
0: Yeah, it was in the back. They're teasing us. I know we're going to yeah.
1: be getting a... Uh, uh, we got to be getting a new version of it, and
0: I'm sure right. it'll slap, and I'll, and I'll love it.
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, was it Junkie XL will do it for us. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but that's cool. Second trailer, an animated TV show for adults. Okay, Keyboard Warriors can actually, you know, get ready for this one, is Invincible, the upcoming uh, adaptation of uh, Robert Kirkman's... Uh, Series that's going straight to Amazon Prime. uh, And I think this looks pretty interesting. I actually hadn't seen all the characters, or all the, again, all the blood and gore uh, that they're kind of throwing out there. Uh, or all
0: the the splash screens for all of the uh, cameos, the, the voice acting, the cameos. voice actors, yeah. We've because t- there's no way, th- there's no way, there's that many recurring characters in the show, so it just seemed like Amazon was just like, or Robert Kirkman was just like, hey, you want to do me a favor, you know, just yeah. send me a voice memo on your phone, you can be a character in my show. Well,
1: <laughs> so this this book goes on uh, for a while. There's like 150 issues, and then it, it moves through different time periods as um, the main character Mark kind of grows up. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, but again, the main character Stephen Young and his dad J.K. Simmons, great great voices, you know, heard him right away. Uh, this this looks like a, I maybe they're doing the whole book series at once. I it looked like they were kind of showing off some of the stuff later on in the series. Yeah, um, I don't
0: know for somebody that doesn't know anything about the story at no. all. Uh, I am kind of curious because in this trailer they show that uh, his father, voiced by J.K. Simmons, says, like, oh, there's something I need to tell you, something that's going to change everything. Mm There seems to be some sort of possibly big mystery that maybe sets up the the larger plot for the show. But, yeah, I don't really know anything about it, so I'm excited to check it out.
1: My my only fear is that they do this panel for panel from the book, and -hmm. they don't really change it. When they have an opportunity to tweak it a little bit and change it, you know, to fit – Television better and possibly you know we if you've read it and and, and I know uh, people read it super fan Jim uh, the show he sent me he bought the big collector's edition recently mm-hmm. um, I I don't want to just hit the same beats where you're not surprised you know twist some of this on our head um, have some fun with it a little bit I guess so um, yeah that's my that's my only fear is that they do the same thing again but either way it looks looks pretty good March twenty sixth Amazon Prime another solid March release Mike for us right mm-hmm. there. Um. Lastly this trailer doesn't really fall Normally in what we would talk about on this show However there is a reason I want to bring this up because Cruella The prequel trailer For the Cruella DeVille uh, Movie uh, I guess for 101 Dalmatians Prequel to 101 Dalmatians Starring Emma Stone dropped this week um, And literally the I saw her name Spray painted all over some large Buildings <laughs> and the way her Hair is, screams Joker to me like this is this is joker like what, what do you think like I mean
0: I don't I mean I'll give it points for it's a live-action Disney movie that's not just uh, remaking an animated film it seems to be taking a unique direction you know it is a prequel uh so it's not like we don't know where it could possibly go but that's a that's a big question that i saw a lot of the internet had is you can't make cruella redeemable there's right. nothing that you can do cuz it's not like you know somebody this is i don't think this is what happened to the character but you can't have somebody that was like abused as like a child and they grew up to like not quite understand how um how right and wrong works, and then they start robbing banks or they become a supervillain, right? She literally wants to murder puppies and turn yeah. them into a coat. So, like, there's no redeeming the character. So, like, is, is, is that Disney? Is that what they're going to do? You like Maleficent, even though I haven't seen those movies with Angelina Jolie, but they redeem her character, right? She's not yeah. like totally 100 of evil. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know how you do that with this character I, without totally changing like kind of her her trajectory. I, right. You know, it, it seems like they make a decision of either this does dovetail until the animated movie or it goes in a totally different direction. We're kind of making our own Cruella universe. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I don't think they're going to redeem her. I think they're setting up probably someone who was more sympathetic and leaving us at the end of this movie where she is at the beginning of, of 101 Dalmatians. My wife had on 101 Dalmatians on the other day uh, when she was working at home, and I, I just happened to kind of catch some of it. And I'm like, there's really no explanation for this character. Uh, she's just a, a large personality, right? Like the main, mm-hmm. the main guy wrote a song about her and about how evil she is. Um, and there's nothing else about it. She just wants to make uh, – she's all obsessed with fashion and being kind of crazy um yeah. what so this one it kind of looks like maybe she's obsessed with fashion and then you know becomes disillusioned by all the people at the top and just kind of goes crazy. like if i can't have it my way i'm just gonna burn it all to the ground because her name is actually estella um i don't know if you read the description on the youtube thing and then she changes her name to cruella by the end <laughs> of it uh but like she has that what, what is it um The uh, Hunger Games, the dress that catches on fire and burns away from
0: her. I mean, it was, like, kind of cool, but at the same time, I was like, does that technology actually exist? And also, it was, like, CG, so it was kind of like, eh. But uh, I I don't know. I've never been a fan of the live-action Disney stuff, but I am a fan of Emma Stone. So uh, at some point in time, I don't know when, but I'm sure this will drop on Disney+. Plus. uh, Yeah. And I'll just watch it there. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think it's I think it's still slated for a theater release, even though I think maybe it, they had been teased as a Disney Plus release. Um, but, yeah, I, I got to see – I mean, my household, we, we have to watch it. I'll tell you that right now. I don't get a choice. Uh, but I want to see kind of, you know, what what is this Joker-esque looking world kind of is? Like, what is she doing? Because <laughs> – She, I mean, literally her name is written all over something in like the Joker paint kind of thing. There's the, the Harley Quinn duality of the two colored hair, which apparently everyone has two colored hair in this movie. It looks like, (laughs) um, so, and then Emma Thompson, uh, who is like her rival fashion person. She's a great actress anyway. So, uh, I, I think there's some, some, some solid points to pull out of here, but I don't think it's a must, a must see for anybody. Transformers dropped some news on me this week, Mike, and I'm, I'm excited for this. You, you tell me what you think. The next live-action Transformers film will be called Beast Alliance.
0: Oh, you said the magic word. Beast. Beast. All the alarms going off. You yep. said the magic word. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, Beast Wars, right? That's what it's got to be. Yeah, How yeah. do you put that in there and not give us Beast Wars? Exactly.
1: Beast. Well, so Beast Wars is set in, like, the the prehistoric times, and this is set in the 90s, but I think they can adapt it to where all the... The Transformers are, in fact, the the Beast versions, right, rather than Cars. Mm-hmm. So this is also set, supposedly set in the same timeline as Bumblebee, uh, which was what, the 80s? Is that right? Or, or 90s? Uh, I, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I honestly can't recall off the top of my head. All right. I'm going to have to pull it up here because I thought it was set in like the 80s because I'm like, it didn't yeah. seem like it was in the 87, 1987. Um so yeah and people people like that I've not got to watch it yet I actually kind of want to watch it after this news but I'm very excited that they go along the beast wars and the beast machines era of <laughs> It's going to be it's
0: going to be so weird. I know we've talked about this before but like a robot hiding as a semi truck on planet Earth makes sense. Yep. But like how the beasts look in Beast Wars, it doesn't matter what they look like cuz it's a prehistoric time. Mm-hmm. There's no humans. They technically don't even really need to hide at all. <laughs> so when you have this weird giant gorilla that <laughs> so it's just like are they going to land on earth and be like, "Oh, we usually hide as cars, but I guess we'll hide as zoo animals cuz we landed by mm-hmm. the zoo." I don't know. That might be they, they could... <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine an an, an organic gorilla yeah. um uh, uh, transforming in front of my own eyes on screen. Well, they've know? got <laughs> all, they've
1: got all those um, models from uh, Doctor Doolittle that they're not going to use anymore. <laughs> getting because that's the thing with Beast Wars again they're they're not they're not realistic looking, right? Those huge wasps, huge spiders that they transform into. Uh-huh. Even um, Rat Trap was a, a cheetah sized rat. Uh, yeah, like, like the the bots are the same size. Yeah. They don't shrink down to little bitty mouse sized people. And um, yeah, you know, they talk in their beast forms, right? So like you know that was part of it because they didn't have to deal with humans so like are they gonna have the beast talk like it or i mean i don't think they're new beast wars exactly but like at the same time like they've got to make this work in a way that makes sense because you can't just have like again truck size transformers <laughs> turning into like a dog yeah, you.
0: it's just like Beast Wars is the perfect example of a cartoon that's made to sell toys. Like, because mm-hmm. the narrative just does not make any sense at all. So when you set it in the nineties with humans, I don't know. It sounds like it's gonna be wild. Yeah,
1: well, maybe maybe they're watching Beast Wars on TV in the nineties, like we did, and they get ideas. <laughs> uh, but no, that, that whole every season in Beast Wars, they tr- they change how every character looks so they can make a new another toy along the way. Mm-hmm. You remember? Do you remember uh, Fuzors? It was like. Two animals in one it was like a like a like a tiger that had wings of an eagle kind of thing oh like,
0: that sounds badass i don't remember it but um, it sounds like i'd buy that toy oh
1: <laughs> uh, i did i had it uh you best believe me the manta ray one it was really it was like an xl transformer oh man that's the easier times easier times did you ever watch the running man movie from the uh, 80s with arnold schwarzenegger
0: no, that's one I never caught, but that's one that's been in pop culture for
1: so long. I I already know the movie, right. <laughs> Kind of deal. So so I, I love I love the Running Man. Like he like the he enters he's put in a game show where he has to fight for his life against these big like personalities. Right? These big, uh, and then like you know they're killing people and it's all for TV. And if he wins, he gets he gets money or whatever. Well, apparently this was a novel. Um, I did not know this until recently, written by Stephen King. And uh, the, the the movie in the 80s has nothing to do with the Stephen King's novel. Hmm. Um, but Edgar Wright has signed on to direct a new adaptation of the novel that's more in line with hey. the King's movement
0: all aboard the Edgar Wright hype train. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard, uh, I heard some whispers of rumors that there might be a sequel to baby driver, which yes. didn't make any sense to me. So I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but I hope this takes precedent over it because this sounds like something I'd rather watch, oh. uh, but yeah, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright is one of the. He's one of those directors, right? He's one of those directors where if any project gets announced, like you get excited. It's kind of like a Nolan movie, right? Like this is going to be a big deal because the director has become so prolific for a specific type of style or a specific type of creativity. So, you could have said Edgar Wright to direct and fill in the blank, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to watch that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, and th- I, I mean, not just Edgar Wright. I mean, I'm also going to say you know stephen king has had a, a, a revitalization about his movies getting remade lately right like um it and it chapter two right um mm-hmm. the, i think what was it? it was like the biggest movie of 2017 that was like r-rated i,
0: I haven't got around to watching Doctor sleep dr with sleep with Hugh McGregor, but i heard it was good so yeah. i would like to watch that
1: that and then i think on cbs all access uh the stand uh the remake of, of the stand is, is or i guess an adaptation of a stand was on there so um, yeah, I think I think that's great for for both of them. I think that's a that's a great matchup. I love the visual flair of Edgar, right? You know, um, mm-hmm. one of my favorite moves to him is Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the World, and that's very visually visually.
0: And active. it's an adaptation too, so it, he yep. knows how to adapt.
1: Yeah, uh, right right from there. He was signed on for Ant Man up until before the MCU was the MCU. So mm-hmm. cool. Lastly, it's our favorite time of the, of the episode: the Wandavision talks. Uh, we're going to call this Who Watches WandaVision? We do. Uh, we, we're watching WandaVision. Episode 7 dropped this week, Mike, uh, with two more left. Uh, if you've not watched episode 7, walk away, go watch it, come back, listen to this uh, this part of the episode. Time codes are in here for a reason. We put them down every week. I don't know if you guys notice this, but we always have time codes. <laughs> uh, but episode 7 dropped this week. Uh, again,. Um, we were promised an hour long episode, but it was kind of more like what thirty minutes or something like that. It, before credits. it was
0: actually not even one of the longest episodes. I went and I looked at the runtime. I think the longest episode we've we've had. Was two episodes ago And I believe it clocked in at About 44 minutes This yeah. one was sub 40 In the 30s somewhere So Everything. I don't know exactly What Feige was talking about The other week So maybe this week We'll have 90 minute episodes Or, yeah. or I mean 60 minute episodes Or maybe just the last episode Will be wow. uh, But uh, it seems like We we have progressively gotten a little bit more story compared to the first couple episodes which were very very uh um constrained by the you know type of plot mechanism they're using with those classic tv shows because a classic like even black and white sitcom if it starts to run more than like 30 minutes you've already blown past the uh the kind of template for those types of shows
1: yeah so exactly And, and this was you know very much based on modern family right like you could tell right away they had the cutaways where she's talking to the camera. Yeah. I think
0: it, it felt a lot like modern family, maybe because of the indoor house setting, but uh, I don't know if you caught it, but the theme song was very heavily influenced by the office. Yeah. Yeah. which makes a lot of sense since the office is the one that really popular popularized the two camera, you know, kind of docu style. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the theme song was the office, but I think the setup was uh, they've always said was modern family because of like, it was the at home version, I guess of the office, like, you know, like Mm -hmm, where mm. where they had the cutaways. And then I don't know if you, I I noticed this, the scene last week where the, the hex was expanding, they replaced the music over it. So it seemed comedic this week. And last week it was like super dramatic and tense. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm like, Oh, they're actually playing with TV tropes. Like the music will make the scene feel different than it is. So, uh, I thought that was, that was really fun. And, you know, this is one where, um, you know I mean it kind of kicked off Picked up from last week Pretty pretty straight away Like you know Like she's still in the The uh, Sokovian uh, Fortune teller outfit As soon as it As soon as it kicks off But this was Also really interesting To see her kind of. I guess Maybe she was losing Grasp on the hex Because she expanded Because everything Kept reverting back yeah, Each decade Yeah I mean-
0: We both kind of called it. I don't remember exactly what conversations we have on the show and what conversations we have uh, in our uh, group chats, but uh, you called the the Agnes reveal, I want to say, maybe even a few weeks ago. And I think the other day I said, oh, I think once they kind of hit that modern family, modern aesthetic, they might not progress the show anymore through different types of, uh, you know, tropes, but they will be flipping back and forth, and we got to see a little bit of that this episode where Mm -hmm. Juan is starting to kind of lose it, and, like, the TV and, like, the furniture and, like, the fireplace kind of goes in and out of different decades as she becomes, I guess, less detached from reality.
1: Right. Exactly. Or or maybe her power only goes so far right now, right? Like, maybe... Mm -hmm. I think if she expanded it to keep everything going... Uh, because you know, in the last episode, the, the outskirts of town, people were not moving or acting yeah. on their own. And she's, this week, she's
0: got to she got to control the whole circus now.
1: Yeah, she had a whole circus uh, again. Like I said, if you told me, you know, several years ago that uh, Darcy Lewis and Vision uh, were going to, you know, commit grand theft auto on a what was it, a, <laughs> a, a funnel cake truck after punching yeah. out a clown, I'd I'd have <laughs> laughed at you. I'm like, no way, man. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Um, but that 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 was pretty good uh, even even the visions uh cutaways were pretty entertaining um you know uh, when he's like outside of that at the carnival kind of thing even though he's still mm-hmm. in the truck getting blocked from coming back into town
0: yeah like uh, we still our two biggest questions that me and you have uh, have slightly uh debated about is you know what's going on with vision and what's going on with pietro and i don't i don't think we've necessarily had our answers yet but we are starting to get more context right because yeah. when uh the when the when the um when the uh, uh, vision and Darcy scenes happen, you know, Darcy kind of filled vision in on what the entire audience is thinking is we don't know exactly what's happening to you. We don't know why you can't leave the hex. You're supposed to be dead, so we don't know how you're alive either, but you don't quite seem to be the same as all these other puppets. So we still don't know what's going on with vision. And uh, we do get to see that Pietro is being controlled by purple Agnes magic, yes. but we don't know if he is literally created from nowhere from Agnes or maybe Wanda legitimately did bring him into the hex in some way or form. And then, you know, Agnes got, just got her talons into him. Mm -hmm. So we still don't have quite, more information on well, Pietro yet, except he seems to be more of an antagonist, at least now.
1: Right, and and I still again lean towards when when Wanda said I didn't do that with Pietro. I I think it's a little more Agatha related, and we're gonna see probably. I think next episode's gonna give us those answers for for him uh, a little because he was literally the last the last thing we saw. This 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 had an after credit scene uh, which was mm-hmm. popularized in the midnight or late nineties. Uh, or late 2000s early 2010s and I thought that was interesting but you know, I think one of the bigger reveals is spectrum uh, Monica Rambeau got her official powers by going back into the hex like we uh-huh. said uh, like hey look she's getting her powers and she apparently can see like spectrum of energy like she sees energy because she saw like the power lines she saw the purple uh-huh. energy um in the basement um she does the superhero landing at one point um I I'm excited to kind of see where she goes with that, with that yeah. abilities. The,
0: the, the first thing I'm looking for is I'm waiting for somebody to say the word mutated, right? Nobody's yeah. dropped the M word in any shape or form with her, uh, in the, uh, previously on, we got some clarification on Darcy said, Oh, your cells are changing. They're rewriting themselves. So she never said the word mutated just mm-hmm. yet. And that's gotta be a conscious decision. Cause once you say that word in the Marvel universe, it, you know, you, you're starting a whole thing yeah. off. It's not just, it's not just like a slip, you know, uh, that's uh, it, it's it's intentional whenever they're going to drop the m-word so i'm looking out for that yeah
1: yeah it's, it's definitely going to be up in the air if, if that if that's what it is or if she's going to be a special case um again like i said the, the energy blast could go around the world and do stuff but you know i think that's interesting uh to to see her with these abilities and she gets uh, blue eyes when she uses them uh, mm-hmm. which which was a good tell of, of superpower things um it looks also like, uh, you know, we, we found Agatha, it was Agatha all along. She got her own Munster style theme song and it <laughs> and went back. She, and killed, she, she killed the dog, just like you said. I said she killed the dog and she did it on mm-hmm. purpose. That bitch. <laughs> um, but where are the twins? Oh, oh, actually, pause. We talked about it earlier. The scene, mm-hmm. there is a scene uh, when, when Wanda is finding out about um, Agatha being the villain matches uh-huh. up directly with a scene from it chapter two when um, the uh, one of the actresses is uh, discovering that the, the old lady she's talking to is actually the clown. And I just, lo- I just sent you the photos to look at here, Mike um, through, through, through text. So you uh,
0: Oh yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily that's intentional, but it is kind of interesting to see the side by side. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: Well, I think, I think it is intentional. I think everything in this, this show, like there are homages to things, right? Like, you know, whenever Agatha like, oh, there's a oh, or not Agatha when one like, there's a weird viney portal in the basement. What is this? Where are the kids at? You know, like Agatha didn't try to hide it from her anymore. She's like, I'm going to lure you into the basement, and then tell you I can do magic as well. The big the big question I have for
0: you, Chris, um, is this a brand new character is uh, is Agatha uh, uh, new is Agatha uh, pretending to be somebody else? Is this actually like going to end up being Mephisto and we're just getting a different name? I don't know.
1: Now, Agatha Harkness actually uh, is is been in the comic books for a long time, uh, way back. I think maybe the 70s even. Yeah. Uh, And she was like the person in the the book. She actually trained Wanda to use her her magic powers in in the comic book a little bit. Um, But she also has uh, a son called Nicholas Scratch. And guess what the rabbit's name is in here? Senior Scratch. And as I pointed out to you in in, uh, stories, history of, of the devil himself is called Old Scratch. So, Either the rabbit's the devil, the rabbit's her son, or it's all alluding to them bringing the devil into this universe, which could be Mephisto. But then everyone's like, everything's Mephisto.
0: Yeah, or it could possibly just be an Easter egg. Who knows? I mean, we do know for a fact that this show is going to dovetail into the multiverse of madness. And it would be so weird, you know, if we don't see Mordo Pop up oh. in the multiverse of madness since he was in the post credit scene for the last Doctor Strange movie, right? So uh, I don't think it's a stretch to say that there's a chance that Agnes and Mordo know each other in, in some aspects. In my head canon, I like to think that they're working together and like Mordo's doing busy or high level stuff. So maybe he possibly sent. Agnes to um wherever I guess New Jersey wow. uh, to go uh, manipulate Wanda, but you know who who knows? That's just uh, my uh, my guess, my theory. I don't have anything to pull well, from, but it it would just be bizarre if kind of like a little bizarre to me if Agnes and Mordo just have no uh, no um no knowledge of each other since they're both magic users
1: they could be Uh, i I guess agatha has purple magic which we've not seen yet before which Mm -hmm. i don't know what that means yet but Mordo, since i just watched dr strange two last week Mordo specifically said no more sorcerers right Mm -hmm. he wants to rid the people of magic users i don't think he would be sending in agatha another magic user to do anything because he's trying to get rid of the magic users um but i could totally see him being in in the multiverse of madness now do you think there's a book there uh, in this ending, right, that looks like it belonged on the um, the shelf of of Doctor Strange, which is already missing a book. Mm-hmm. This could be the missing book from Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, I didn't even shelf. know
0: that was a thing. I didn't know people uh, eagle eye viewers of Doctor mm-hmm. Strange were like, "Oh, there's a book missing in the background." Yeah.
1: Well, I think I think he even says there's a book missing, um, and we thought that was the one Kaizilies took, but Kaizilies only stole pages from a book. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it could that's that could be how it ties into this. This book could be like opening uh, like you know the one pages were opening the dark dimension this could be opening pages to a hell dimension or something like that where yeah nightmare is or mephisto is
0: yeah and you you brought up a good point which uh jogged my memory when we, when i was actually watching the show is we have seen a magical book before kind of in the mcu i don't know if yeah. you call the the agents of Shield mcu anymore or not uh but yeah there was a dark hold in there that had to do a lot with um I want to say it was like maybe three seasons from the end i don't even yeah, really it
1: was the, know the ghost rider season
0: yeah but i mean that was a, a magical book that was in there but it would seem weird to put that directly in wandavision but you know if if shield ends up being technically in a multiverse you know i, I suppose a magical book could exist across multiple planes but, who knows but magical books are not something brand new yeah. that we know to the mcu the,
1: the dark was also in runaway season three uh by Morgan Le Fay. She had it in that at the end. So the dark is, it, it kind of ties the TV shows together. And I think if they brought it in here, I think it would either prove or disprove that those shows are, are even canon. So, mm-hmm. um, the other thing I would talk about is the commercial this week. Uh, it talked about, uh, the Nexus, the, de- the anti-depression drug, uh, mm-hmm. Nexus has a couple meanings in the comic books. There's the Nexus of all realities, which mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, that sounds like a Wanda vision kind of thing. Doesn't it? Uh, But it's apparently where all the realities kind of, like, converge or, like, depart from. Uh, Swamp Thing actually has a big hand in that. But also, Nexus, if you remember, in Age of Ultron was where Jarvis was found alive after Ultron tried to kill him. That's where Tony spent was the Nexus uh, internet hub and pulled Jarvis from it. So this could either have a a double entendre hint, like, oh, here's the Nexus of all realities, but also, hey, Nexus is where Jarvis was found alive, will Jart will ultra will vision be alive after this?
0: Yeah, I, I I would kind of say like, you know, I could imagine uh, calling your your internet thing in your movie Nexus uh, just because it sounds cool, right? And it makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm writing the screenplay for Age of Ultron. What do I call this uh, internet world? I'll just call it Nexus because it sounds cool. And who knows, I could have prior knowledge of the MCU so maybe it'll just be a fun Easter egg. Uh, and not knowing that eventually it could actually be brought into the MCU. So who knows which way that could go. But uh, we got two episodes left. I'm so stoked that we get WandaVision to watch uh, every single week, and then I'll have to figure out something to do in between the downtime yeah. between Falcon and the Winter Soldier popping uh, up. But that's not that long. We, so. we
1: got that. What well, we got that one episode of uh, the assembled. We talked about at the beginning. Oh yeah, that's right. We can so, watch that. So that'll that'll keep us on schedule every Friday, tuning in to find the secrets. So, all right, Mike. Well, that's the episode for this week. We'll we'll jump off here. And let let people get back to whatever they're doing, enjoying their week, uh, having fun. If people want to know what you're up to, where can they find you at?
0: Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I'm gonna put those uh those tie-dye reveal videos up there. So go check out the awesome tie dye stuff that we did. Uh Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you?
1: Uh you can find me on Twitter I'm Valdan V A L D A N or Instagram, valdan eighty seven. If people know more at the show, I'll get ready for our reviews from all these upcoming stuff in March or more, where can they find us at?
0: Oh, all you got to do is visit our hub, our nexus of the show, which is superhero slate.com. That's the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So I did add that in the show notes if you want to see that uh, comp of uh, Supergirl with a uh, different hair color for that uh, new actress who has just been cast. So go check it out and follow that dude on Instagram. He makes some cool stuff every once in a while. Um, so you can check that out in the show notes and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you'd love to listen to find podcasts. You can like us on Facebook, follow us. On Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at superhero slate.com/slash store. We love hearing from you. Please reach out uh, with what you're watching, uh, what you're thinking about, you know. Just what you had for breakfast. Yeah. you know. We, we just want to chat with you. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, we love hearing from our super fans. And if you want to be a super fan of the show, it's so easy to do. It's so easy. All you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy. Make sure that you're wearing your mask and socially distancing uh, because not everybody's getting vaccinated uh, out here on the West Coast. Things are slow and frustrating. So um, please make sure that you're keeping everybody safe because we want to go back to the movie theaters eventually and hopefully maybe by the end of the year. Uh, That James Bond movie can finally come out, right? Um, And Black Widow. Waiting for that one for a while. But, yeah, there you go. Another episode. Another week of Superhero Slate.
1: Yep, and we'll catch you guys next week.
0: Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.
1: They're okay, but they're still fucking (laughs) peeps. They're okay. This just in. They're They're still fucking peeps is the problem. Like, I don't like peeps
0: just marshmallow and it's low grade marshmallow too oh yeah
1: dipped in cream flavored fudge